everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conversation of Our Generation. My name is Nick Jamel, the creator and host of the podcast here. And today we will be talking about spring because it is a wonderful time of year. And I think that just talking about something bright and happy right now as we are shut in and really living in an extended winter almost, right, where you don't go out and do a bunch of things and even a little bit more restricted winter than we're normally probably used to. For most people at least. And so I'd like to just talk a little bit about spring, a little bit about this time of year and why I like it. Just to have something kind of light because I think it's a great time of year to just enjoy it. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And so before I dive too far into that, I want to remind you that you can find me at conversationofourgeneration.com. You can find all sorts of different resources there. And now the podcast is available not just on iTunes, so you can search it there, but you can also find it on Spotify. I think I found it best when I search my name, Nick Jamel. For whatever reason, it pops up with the artist name more likely than the podcast name. Not sure exactly what is going on, but just letting you know that. And then also on Google Play, you can find me there and subscribe. Giving good ratings there really would help too. Helping this to boost up in other mediums that are outside of iTunes. I finally got some of my kinks worked out thanks to the people over at WordPress. So we have it up there. You can go to Twitter at Conabargin or Facebook.com slash Conversation of Our Generation to join the conversation on social and spread this and get other people involved and really have a dialogue with you know, what this is meant to do is create some dialogue and stimulate some conversations for people. And so... What I wanted to talk about today then is spring, as I mentioned, and I want to talk about a quote that I found today from someone who was in the Department of Agriculture. Uh oh, that is the wrong window. I tried. <laughs> Sorry, I'm switching over to my window that I need to pull up the quote, and this person is was in the Department of Agriculture. Um, in the early 1900s, their name is Ezra Taft Benson. He was a scientist and I guess kind of horticulturist, <laughs> agriculturist. And so his, but he's also a very religious thinker. And so what he says here is, Satan knows that youth is the springtime of life when all things are new and young people are most vulnerable. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is, yes, it is true that there is a vulnerability in young people, but I think that the analogy that Ezra uses here about that it is the springtime of life, and that is truly when so many things are so vulnerable because they're just peeking out of the ground. You know, I have a puppy, as I mentioned, and I planted all my garden beds, and so right now, three of them are blocked off <laughs> so that he cannot get to them, but there's one that's my biggest bed that is not fully blocked off. It's tough and he gets in there, he digs, he tramples around in it. And I, you know, <laughs> I try to get him as best I can to stay out of there. I, you know, shoo him off out of it whenever I see him in it. But I come out sometimes to let him back in and he's muddy because he dug in it. And the reason why I'm trying to protect that garden bed is because I know that the seeds in there, that the things that are just starting, if they get, if you step on a seedling, it's done, right? You step on a you know, the root of a tree that's 10 years old, it's not going to hurt it, right? You step on, even if you kind of kick like corn that's, you know, 
been developed, that's grown for, you know, three, four or five months, you're not going to normally hurt many of those plants that have a foothold, right? If he steps on my blackberry bush that's been planted for two years now, you know what? He's not going to hurt it. It's going to be fine. If he hits my strawberry bush that's, you know, vining, it's fine. The strawberries will be fine. But the fact of the matter is, if he's hitting these seedlings, this baby spinach that's coming up, it's going to hurt it. And so there's a time in spring that we're in where as things are kind of coming out of dormancy, they're a little bit more vulnerable. But really, those things that are newly growing, they're so vulnerable. And I think that's where we are. We just feel that right now because there is this promise and hope as we've seen some of the COVID curves starting to taper off and even decrease in some of the countries in uh, Europe that were a little bit ahead of us. And as we look at some of the cities in the U.S. that were hit hardest, like New York, some of these places are showing some promise, but it's vulnerable. We can't just go in with a wrecking ball. We have to be careful with it, just like we would with our early spring seedlings. And so I think that it was just a really relevant quote, and it kind of spoke to something that I don't think we talk about much with um, with regards to spring is we just focus so much on the hope and the vibrancy and the new life that we forget how fragile it is. And I think that's something that we're really feeling now is that vulnerability, that fragility of life and of that young promise that there is. And it's why we take care so much of our gardens and everything in the springtime. And it's why... As this quote says, Satan knows that the youth is the springtime of life. And that's why the, I think, you know, those t- early teenage years when you're kind of starting to come into your own, those are the roughest things, maybe even early 20s, because those are the, that's the spring of your lifetime. That's the springtime, right? And so as you're coming forth, that's when it's easy to be trampled and led astray. So, I wanted to talk about this also because there's just a, it's a, not only is it the first nice week long of weather that we've had in Indiana, where like today it's like 73. Last week, this whole week I've had the windows open. I've had like my back door open so the dog can just go in and out. He can do whatever he wants. You know, it's just been nice. We've been going on walks and enjoying the weather. And also this is Holy Week. So we're not only are we looking at this vulnerability of springtime for our plants, but we're actually reflecting on that, you know, as Jesus walked in, you know, rode into the city of Jerusalem a little, uh, I guess about 2000 years ago now. And, you know, he rode in on the donkey on Sunday, on Palm Sunday, and just how quickly and how fragile that welcome that he had really was. And how by Friday of that week, he was being brought forth by Pontius Pilate to a crowd of the people who welcomed him supposedly and being sentenced to death and the fragility of even, you know, God incarnates human life that we saw there that he could, it could be taken. And the promise that came from that was the, his rising again on Sunday and he did rise again. And that new life that is even more abundant than the year before. And that's true in spring as well. Most of the time, right. Is really what's happened for the most part. If you're doing things right is your springtime is more abundant each year. If you're taking care of 
your garden, if you're taking care of your yard in your domain, when things come back to life in spring, they come back to more life. And that's what we see in Easter. And so that's another thing too, that made me want to talk about this because I love this time of year. It's also my birthday and my brother's birthday this week. Um, actually to this evening, I'll be going over to my parents' house for my brothers. And then mine is actually on good Friday this year. So, um, <laughs> I guess the, uh, for me, at least the looming stay at home order was not much of an in, uh, issue for my birthday because I really wasn't going to do anything on good Friday anyways. So it didn't affect that too much, but maybe we'll go still have some dinner with the family and stuff Saturday night or something like that too. That way I can maybe have a beer, even though you're probably not supposed to, but it would still be fine. I just don't think that that's necessarily the thing as a Catholic on good Friday that we should be doing or that I should be doing rather. And so I want to talk a little bit about this. And so I wanted to talk about a few things that, you know, I mentioned Easter, you know, I talked about the plants coming to life and the fragility there, but I want to talk about some of the beautiful things that I love about that. Um, some of the things that I've planted in my garden and talk about the garden, um, a little bit about, um, just the more vibrant social life that we normally have and the promise that we, and the hope that we have there. So the first thing that I think that really typifies East or springtime is Easter. And I think that, like I mentioned, that vibrancy and that life that we get from Easter time and this bursting forth out of a slumber, out of the kind of, I mean, it really is almost a death <laughs> during winter time that we have that hibernation. Everything is bleak and dreary and colorless. You know, it's whites and even the trees aren't even like a nice brown anymore. They kind of turn almost black, it seems like. And we are kind of working with this pale palette of colors around us and you know, you're kept in, you're not going out as much, even though you were probably going out more in January than you are in March right now, but, or that you were in March rather, I guess it's April now, right? <laughs> we're a whole week into April and I still think it's March because I don't know where time has gone in the last three weeks, but I think that this coming forth, this springing forth that we see from the resurrection on Easter really is just a fitting time for, especially here in Indiana, I, I would say that normally the April Easter's, sometimes March Easter's are a little bit dreary and everything still, but when you have the Easter in April, it just seems like it perfectly collides with this time when, hey, it's your first week of sunny, bright days. You have good weather. You're able to finally go outside and hang out with the family at Easter and we have a big family. And so I don't think we'll all be gathering this year based on what I've heard and based on what's coming down from the current orders and everything, but we will be celebrating as a small family, you know, with my parents and brothers and my wife and everything. And so I think that that first celebration where you can get outside and, you know, normally we're running around, we do the big Easter egg hunt and all the cousins get to run around and fight for eggs, the younger ones, and I normally am the one hiding them. And there's normally one golden egg that the hiders get 
and that is a little bit of like a hey thanks for doing this for us that has a couple bucks in it so it's not always a bad gig and and it's a lot of fun to put them places where the kids can't get to and see them try to climb trees that's also a lot of fun <laughs> some of the kids are older so it's not totally just mean <laughs> but it is a lot of fun to do some of those things and so there's this being outside this being a part of the nature around us and being able to experience I think the beauty of nature and of creation that we have that you kind of are reopened to that all of a sudden and I really think that that's best exemplified and that's why almost you know Easter falls in this time I heard someone once talk about how you know we have to write our ideas down or we have to you know we basically have to write things and make them happen but God writes with history God tells us himself about himself and tells us about the world through history right he's the creator he's the one guiding and sustaining everything and so the history that we have and the especially when it comes to the ideas around uh, for instance biblical events I would say you know the and especially with like timing of Easter the you know the Passover how and, and just how so many of those events have a deeper meaning that you can look into and see what happened there and you can see this all across history outside of just biblical history but it's so relevant there and so I think obvious there but the history seems to be that way that God writes with it. And Easter is that historical event. I mean, regardless of, I guess, whether or not you believe in Christianity, you it is hard to believe that um, Jesus wasn't crucified and that there wasn't a lot of people who very quickly who were around him witnessed to or claimed to witness hundreds and hundreds of people claimed to witness Jesus after his resurrection. You know, there's mentions of the, I mean, just, there's just a lot of historical evidence. And the reason why I'm a Christian is because I knew there was a God. And I think the historical evidence points to Jesus rising from the dead. And I think that's pretty good evidence that if someone says, Hey, I'm God for three years, you should listen to what I say. And I'm going to die and then rise again. And then they do that. You know, I think I'm going to believe in that person. <laughs> and so that's, what I do love about this Easter time is, is that bringing back to life, like I said. And so what I want to talk about too is kind of some of the more practical things that are coming along in the garden with that dying and rising. You know, this wintertime I was using my garden bed out the back door as a compost bin almost and just throwing stuff out so I didn't have to go over to the compost area. Covered it up with dirt and I started planting there. I've got onions and garlic growing up already that I had planted earlier on. I have seeds started in my house that are going to hopefully soon be producing some salads for me and really um, soon we'll be seeing that outside as well. I have green beans and carrots and cucumbers planted and should be starting soon. My, uh, Like I mentioned, my blackberry and strawberry bushes, they're getting their leaves and hopefully soon we'll begin to have more fruit coming up and that would be very exciting. I, I really want to be better at, um, hopefully my dog is able to kind of walk around that area and scare off the birds because they always seem to eat those 
And then I have blackberry uh, colored poop on my car from the birds. So hopefully he can kind of scare them away because he likes to chase the birds and the squirrels a lot. But right now I'm more worried about him trampling my garden. So while there's nothing, while everything's real young and vulnerable, he's actually the biggest threat. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that Lowe's is not closed forever or whatever is going on there with the big giant lines that I've seen so that I can get to the store and maybe get something to, you know, keep him out <laughs> here and there uh, from the garden. But we have a lot going there. I, I still need to clean out the garden beds a little bit from some of the weeds in the front and get some flowers planted so that the front area looks nice and pretty. But things are starting to bloom. Things are coming to life from the blossoms and the flowers. And for whatever reason, these flowers just pop up randomly in my yard. And I've noticed in some of my other neighbors', other neighbors yards too, as I've been going on walks, that it's like just, I mean, big I think they're tulips. I forget, honestly. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not great with flowers, but I think it's like a tulip or something very similar that'll pop up and it's a big, pretty tall flower and everything and they pop up early and it's really, really nice to kind of see those coming up and lots of things are starting to bloom in a little bit, just a tiny bit, get its leaves back. And I just really like this time. I think that other than when you know, you're in fall and the richness of all the leaves is so vibrant and different colors everywhere. That's, I think, as beautiful as it gets, but it's so short-lived. I think there's this longer-lived time where things are kind of sprouting and giving you that little bit. And then for like a whole couple of months, there's just different things one after another that are coming into full bloom. And so it's almost like two to three months in spring where you see this thing come up and then that thing and you can kind of always appreciate something coming back to life in this time. So it's more spread out than you get in fall, at least in Indiana it is. And so I really like that. Um, and obviously I've been already chased off by an angry goose <laughs> because this time of year they get real feisty when they start laying eggs. And I was walking in to a grocery store <laughs> and there's one outside hissing because it's right by the creek or uh here in Indianapolis and so he a lot of geese are around there and he was not very happy with me <laughs> and so or she I'm not sure really wasn't paying too much attention but I was getting hissed at so I just kind of did a quick couple of steps and got away from it because I hate geese <laughs> but all the other animals are you know kind of coming to life I've seen birds a lot in my backyard we have a couple bird feeders and one nested in the gutter in my back above, not in the gutter, but kind of where the gutter meets the house and has that little elbow in it. So it's not clogging anything up and I don't have to get rid of it. <laughs> but there's a nest there and I'm sure that I've seen the uh, mama bird in there kind of uh, sitting there a lot. So I assume that she probably has a couple of eggs there that she's protecting because she's spent a lot of time there. I mean, every time I walk by, it seems like she's in it. And so... There's a lot of great things happening there as well that just, I think, are a time where you can just stop and appreciate it. Whatever it is that draws you this time of year, just stop, take a deep breath and appreciate what's going on around you, this new life and this beauty that we get to witness every single year that we're always moving so fast. And maybe it's a blessing that 
this spring were a little bit slowed down and we get to see it happen. We get to see it unfold in our very backyard that, you know, these things are coming to life. And then this is, and, and we can see it just happen and appreciate this thing that we take for granted, this experience of beauty and awe and wonder at the fact that so much of this stuff was looked dead two months ago, a month ago. It just looked completely dead. And now these things are going to be full of life and green and beautiful and all sorts of different other colors as well. And so I think that this is a time where we can step back and listen to the birds sing and smell the roses. And I know that this is a tough time for a lot of people. And I get that. And I don't want to minimize the problems. I don't want to say, hey, I know you lost your job, but just stop and smell the roses because that's not what I'm going for. But I do want to say to those of you who are working from home and still employed and are complaining about having to be around the family too much or whatever it is, you know, my dad works from home. My mom is a teacher working from home. My two brothers are taking school from home. And I'm sure that there is a point in time where they're ready to rip each other's heads off, (laughs) to be totally honest. But this is a perfect time for people to stop and take that moment and listen to each other and to just spend some time outdoors in the, in this just like bursting forth of beauty. And so that is one thing that I think we can stop and maybe appreciate and just look as a little silver lining on a very big, dark gray cloud that we can actually enjoy this time because we're not doing a million things and getting a million things ready and finishing up school and then going on spring break and then coming back and doing finals and all of these things that just seem to happen so fast at this time of year, we can just stop, I think. And I hope that, you know, I will say, I hope going forward, there is a little bit more of this slow pace to life. I think that maybe people will enjoy once we have a little bit more security and surety of what's going on, people might enjoy a slower pace a little bit. Now, I think it's good to have things to do, but I think it's good to be able to just not be exhausted and just come back home and turn on the TV because you don't want to think, but really it's just not helping you. You know, you come home and you read a book and you do that outside, maybe while having a drink and letting my dog, you know, I mean, I'm looking forward to when it's consistently 75 degrees and sunny outside, just going out my backyard, letting the dog run around. I'm sitting there with a glass of whiskey and you know, looking at my backyard, reading a book, and just enjoying the sounds and the sights and the peacefulness of that. And so hopefully we can have a little bit of that. The other thing that I think for me is kind of unique about spring is that it is a new start to a new year for me. You know, you talk about your New Year's resolutions. I think that there's always, you know, you're, if you're in school still, new school years, I feel like was always a time for me to say, okay, I'm going to buckle down. And then April is always a time because my birthday is this Friday. It's always a time where I say, okay, here's what I'm going to try to accomplish while I'm this old, you know, in my 25th year this year, here's what I'm going to try to do. I want to be this far ahead by next year. And I think that, you know, it's a great time because I kind of have my revitalizations spaced out now. And I used to even more so when it was like you have January 1st, New Year's, then you know, as you're kind of tapering down, 
and getting complacent and spring April comes around and it kicks me in the butt to remember, Hey, now it's not just a new year, 2020, it's a new year, year 25. And then you kind of had in the past, I would have school coming around in September or August and it would kind of kick me in the butt again. So my, I kind of had three to four months of each time to refocus and adapt and try to get going again on something. But I do think that for me, the new life and the bursting forth of that life, it does have pretty significant meaning this time of year, you know, with this being my birthday and the fact that each time this happens, I'm also another year older, as well as all the plants and trees that I'm looking at that are kind of coming out of their shells, I'm doing the same thing. And so this is a, you know, I think that leading up to my birthday, I've always been a little bit of a bit more productive, you know, and so thinking, hey, I need to kind of wrap some things up. And so hopefully you'll see that come to fruition. I've been trying to work on getting a lot of things cleaned up with some spring cleaning and on the episode numbers and on some of the stuff on the podcast and getting it in new places and really trying to rethink some of the things that I want to do with this going forward. And so hopefully some of the metrics that I can finally see a little bit more into now will help me to know which ways I need to take this going forward and what will be helpful there. And then lastly, the thing that I think comes a lot that we don't have this year is kind of the bursting forth of a more vibrant social life. And this is normally the time of year where people are hanging out more because you're outside and doing things and being active and the weather's nice most places or nicer everywhere and at least in the northern hemisphere and you're moving kind of towards this summertime where all you do is hang out and go to the pool and go to the, you know for young 20-somethings go to the bar and or maybe even more people that aren't just young 20-somethings but that's pretty much all we do <laughs> it seems like that seems like the biggest issue that the young millennials are having right now but I think that we can kind of have a little bit of hope here. And this is where I kind of want to leave it off is we've seen some promise from some of the places that have been hardest hit. We've seen even places that aren't too bad um, with coronavirus and everything going on there that are not that are saying, hey, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to see the worst of it. It won't be like New York. It won't be like some of these places, but it will get a little bit worse and then it'll get better. And hopefully we can start opening things up after that. And it looks like we're kind of coming to the end of this total, you know, isolation part of this process and moving to a more sustainable and a more open time where we can go and meet each other and go see each other and have some visitation with friends and family that we haven't been able to for a while and enjoy each other's company in person. And I think that hopefully that can come in the next few weeks more and more as things are able to open up. I don't, I'm not telling you when and this will happen. I don't know exactly, but it seems to me that that's the case that models are getting reduce and that uh, 
that not only are they getting reduced, that they're kind of saying these are coming to the close. And so it's, it seems like it's starting to pass. It's not passed yet, but it's starting to get to that backside and to pass. And so hopefully we'll have a newfound love for that interpersonal interaction that we have. Maybe when we're hanging out with someone that we care about, we'll stop being on our phones or so into technology that we can't pay attention to the person in front of us. We're thinking about all the people on our follower list or whatever it is. And we're able to really spend quality time going forward. And maybe that as things open up in late spring, early summer, you know, we're able to come to a good and fuller love and for this opportunity to spend time with people because I think we take it for granted so much and the fact that we are so connected that we are so mobile now that we can do what we've done is just better evidence that we have something that's worth holding on to and worth cherishing that we've let ourselves become complacent with and so I hope we can find a way to truly enjoy company with each other and start to heal some of the wounds that we have as a country by building those personal bonds and remembering that the people that we're dealing with when we're being so vitriolic and politics and everything are actually other people, just like the person down the street that we know and love that disagrees with us. And so that's what I'd like to see us come out of. And I hope for that. I think that as we're able to socialize more, we'll hopefully cherish it more and cherish those around us and actually remember what it is to have that sense of community because we've been so deprived of that community for so long now, not so long, but for a while now that it is going to be nice to be able to get back to that. So thank you for listening to this episode of the conversation of our generation. As I mentioned, you can find me on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, just search conversation of our generation or my name, Nick Jamel, and you should be able to find them there. Go to conversation where I'll be hopefully creating some new content for you here soon with a little bit more going on. I think I, I, have a lot of books that I haven't reviewed and I haven't done some of those in a while. So I think I'm going to get back into those and try to get some more stuff going there for you. And also you can find me on facebook.com slash conversation for our generation, Twitter at con of our gen. You can subscribe on conversation for our generation.com. Please go and do those things. It really helps is the more you engage, the more you interact, if you're enjoying this stuff, the better it is. And the more you share it, the further it gets. So please, if this is something that you enjoyed definitely share it with friends, family, loved ones, and let's get the dialogue going. I'll talk to you next week.